Kobe on our six. We got a cocktail to Mama June or Laura or Naomi. And before, you know, smoking the bandit gets us, you're listening to Squawking Dead. That's my call sign. We got Crazy Carol on my navigator side. And we got Psycho Dave driving the truck down the highway, cutting walkers off left and right. Nobody's in the mood for this. You're listening to Squawking Dead. <laughs> this is where we put theme music on. There you go. <laughs> no. So, everybody, we are live. It is 1.40 a.m. on the East Coast. How y'all doing? Well, I should ask Carol. Carol, how are you doing? I'm a, a little under the weather, but I'm here. And that's what counts. I made the rebel. So, yeah, I am, I am here. There you I, go. I am she, and I am y'all. Well, I'm so glad to have you, Carol. We're about to cover Fear the Walking Dead, Episode 11, Season 4, The Code. And you know what The Code is, Carol, right? Vaguely. I don't remember exactly all the particulars. <laughs> you gotta you gotta help people when they need helping. There you go. And uh just gotta keep that truck moving. There you go. <laughs> that was I think that was that was the idea that was the general idea. Is <laughs> it keep on trucking, Carol? You gotta yeah, you're the Wendell in this one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Screwed that up twice. I mean right. Wendell. But then, you know, I guess you did too, so <laughs> Oh, you're not feeling the best. Carol's a little under the weather, folks. Slightly under the weather. Yeah. Slightly under the weather, and I'm I as the tyrant of the show. I'm forcing her to go through this with me. It's it is okay. I'm like the most right. codependent co-host. It is okay. <laughs> I forgive you, David. All right. It's all right because I think this is I think Squawking Dead is like the chicken soup that Carol needs to That's be able to move hope. forward. That is my hope. <laughs> it's definitely my hope. Well, we're really glad to have you and. We're going to talk about some stuff. Yep. I'm pulling my notes up now that we're recording. Okay, so the first thing I kind of want to talk about is uh, it's nice to kind of have a Morgan episode, first of all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I mean, I know the first episode was kind of a Morgan-centered episode, Morgan, mm -hmm. John Dory. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I think it's kind of nice to have a Morgan meets new people episode. Yeah, I think it was an interesting dynamic, definitely. I don't know where they're going with it, but it's, it's definitely... Like an interesting dynamic. I just don't know if all of this is supposed to be like the road to Alexandria with all these people or they never make it. But I guess we'll eventually find out. Yeah, I guess we will. I guess I think maybe that's the first thing we probably want to address right now. Like, because why not? We're here. Is do you think I know we've asked this question, but we're going to ha probably have to ask this question until it can no longer, longer be addressed, <laughs> so to speak. But do you think they will make it to Alexandria? I know. I know. I think I know what you and most other people are going to say about this answer. But no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. The show, the showrunners, uh, the people in charge, the people that know the master plan. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to, it's, yeah, it really does come down to um, like the secrets, uh, Illuminati center of the, of the Walking Dead universe, Scott M. Gimple, Greg Nicotero, and Bob Kirkman, like right. e like the Triforce of wisdom, power, and courage, uh, and and really they know they're the gatekeepers. They know what's going to happen. Yeah, so yeah. they're the only ones, right? And and they have been so unforgiving until <laughs> until th thus far when it comes to when it comes to the show. You know, everybody you love, at least they're not like George R R Martin, right? Like yeah. everybody you love will die. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's true. But Could be worse. They're pulling in the rear, though, you know? Yeah. So here's the thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, okay, and given Kari Payton's reaction to Andrew Lincoln's departure and how, in, in, in a way, we talked about this on episode 24, the big uh, season nine ramp up of The Walking Dead. The way he reacted to Andrew Lincoln walking off and and it being kind of like a not solemn thing per se, but a sort of opening of the Walking Dead universe. Like there's so much more show, he said. There's something like wild is going to happen. You know, it, it makes it so that there is much more story and, and the universe gets bigger mm -hmm. so that we're paying attention. So given that all of that, there's a part of me that's starting to think that isn't, wouldn't part of that growth and part of that universe getting bigger be in the end of it and obviously this would be the end of season nine beginning of season five of fear of the walking dead would be maybe morgan making it with mm -hmm. at least some of the newcomers mm -hmm. what do you yeah. what do you think about that it could be i mean but with the 
time jump, you have to kind of figure how that would factor in. Oh, 100%. That's the only... It, which is what we were having trouble with last time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, there. there's kind of like a two time jumpy thingy. Yeah, exactly. So. That's, the, that's the tricky part. Das, da, tricky <laughs> Yeah. Poor Carol. <laughs> we're going to make it, Carol. I promise you. It's like a Bon Jovi song. Yep. We'll get there. Halfway there. <laughs> we're not we're not even close to halfway there. Unless this show is really short. <laughs> we will see how that goes. Only, only, only I found that funny. We will see how that goes. And now we're going to go to... <laughs> this is like the Cliff's Notes of, of a podcast, basically. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I'm like I'm kind of I'm kind of coming off of just having hung out with a bunch of friends right now, so I'm kind of like, whoa, I got to get my bearings. I got to. It's like it's it's so much different than walking off, uh, just getting off of work, mm-hmm. you know, having a moment and then getting on the show. Like after having just watched and taking notes, right? Because right. you're still kind of on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, I'm kind of like my brain is turned off right now. I just came back from vacation. Yeah. See on Tuesday. Right. Yeah, it's it's been rough. It's been a little rough. I can imagine. It has trying, to be trying to pick that up pick it up got a bogey on my six so first things first right out of the gate it's storming it's raining alicia's just left morgan out in the cold he's like just being rejected by alicia Mm -hmm. and the first thing you see is that walker that that comes out uh, right behind the truck and morgan's about ready to attack it and then the wind kind of just picks up and and slams his head again oh wait something hits him in the head hits the walker in the head Mm -hmm. and it slams against the truck yes now i thought that was hilarious yeah was funny it was very comedic timing just like the show tries to figure out new ways to put walkers in situations you know like walkers against the wind and swamp walkers radioactive walkers uh sand walkers uh they i think they also try to figure out new ways to kill them too yeah and this was kind of one of them yeah this this definitely was in a humorous way at that like nature kind of taking over and going nah not so fast and then Mm -hmm. just tossing something i think it also serves a dual purpose because along with this episode being a very humorous episode uh obviously even with just with this walker kill um i think the undertone of this i think it's it's hard to i think completely express how dangerous this hurricane is mm-hmm. and i think it has like this dual purpose of making this a, a hilarious walker kill but also really expressing how oh that could have easily have been morgan's melon yeah i know exactly right? definitely so so i i was thinking that because i was kind of like what's to say something just won't end the show him on the show right now so yeah so I thought that was in- I thought that was notable. I, I mean, because just like just like the last episode, um, which was what close your eyes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all the ways in which the show tried to get you to feel something for that family that died. You know, mm-hmm. actually treat them like they used to be people. It's Mother Nature gets you to treat it seriously on the show. No, really, really, we're a very, yeah. we're a very powerful storm that you don't, and don't screw with us. So anyway, I don't know, I didn't want to spend too much time on that, but in the very next scene, you know, obviously Morgan gets into the semi, mm-hmm. and what do we get? We immediately get him rooting around one of those care boxes that are on the yes. side of the road that we're finally getting some answers for in this episode. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, for, th- I think what, uh, was it a third time this, this season where he gets a peanut butter protein bar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're making it ve- very obvious, um, that they uh, these calls backs mm-hmm. a little too obvious but i guess it makes sense right if you think about it like each of these these peanut butter protein bars kind of reminds him of back home yeah i didn't think of that until just now but yeah they're like reminders right and and it's like all these little reminders pulling him back to alexandria mm-hmm. i think i guess so yeah yeah why not yeah. so um yeah so one thing that i thought of when we were watching some of the sneak peeks right from even like the the season trailer right or no, the mid-season trailer um one of the things that i noticed was that was in that trailer like morgan was no longer in texas like it was in mississippi right or somewhere else somewhere where the gang was not yeah looks like it was supposed to be mississippi right and in this episode they confirmed where he was it, it just seems like he he seemed like he wasn't where everybody else was and then yeah. confirmed and and even more so like for the trailer for this week it was kind of like yeah he they they broke that he um that he was in mississippi and i was kind of like thinking to myself oh my god it's like morgan and the wizard of uh, the wizard of oz and like it, it, like morgan is is uh dorothy mm-hmm. and his stick is toto <laughs> So, oh, we're not in Texas anymore. Stick part thing. There you go. So, yeah, I just thought that was pretty st- stupid. <laughs> I 
because I was kind of like, oh my God, he was literally in a storm, hiding from the storm. And and all I could think about was the the the, the semi truck in the air, like twirling around, like in the, in the cyclone, and then landing somewhere in Oz. I guess I'm, I'm surprised he didn't feel the driving at all. Oh my God. And the two people he meets. Oh my God, he meets three people. Oh my God, we got to keep going with this because he meets three people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he meets the Tin Man, the straw man, the Tin Man, and and the uh, and the line, the cowardly line. There you have it. Holy crap! I I've, I've got to ask. I've got to ask some of these pe- some of the guys on the show, the production, if like that's what they were intending, like the Wizard of Oz. I wonder. That'd be interesting if that was the intention. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so we have to get into this because because this is going to keep popping up. Maybe hopefully mm-hmm. I'll keep I'll keep tying in the Wizard of Oz with this episode somehow. Mm-hmm. We've got to go home, Toto, but the bridge is washed out. Quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't want to go home. I don't want to leave you. <laughs> I said the bridge is out. Anyway, so uh <laughs> So yeah, so, so Morgan goes into the truck stop after he leaves the semi. You know, obviously he he hitched a ride with somebody who took him somewhere. He was probably really cold, he was really tired, and he just wasn't conscious of it. Uh and in Mississippi in this truck stop a long way from uh wherever they were in Texas. He uh, he goes into the truck stop, notices that there's power, right? Immediately, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, it's it's just bizarre. Everything's in order. It's not ransacked. It looks very well kept. It supplies everywhere. It's kind of like the hardware store, if you remember from mm-hmm. from John's neighborhood, John Dory's neighborhood. And and it's kind of funny if you think about it. There there's this interesting parallel between the store where John Dory only took what he needed and and left the rest, right? Mm-hmm. And this truck truck stop is doing sort of the same. thing. Thing. I thought it was worth mentioning because I don't know. Maybe there's a tie-in. Maybe there's a tie-in with John Dory. I don't know. Maybe there's a, a philosophy that's going on here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. But um, I thought it was an interesting tie-in. Yeah, and especially when I was watching watching the trailer, I was kind of like noticing, oh, take what you need, leave the rest. Or like when they found the first box, I'm like, oh wait, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like John Dory only took the one hammer. Only he only took, you know, he rented out the videos and signed out, signed them out right, before right. he signed them back in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just in case. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there, maybe something up ahead will kind of link back to the trucker network thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. b- apparently this is a truck stop for like a, and this is where it starts getting interesting because given the fact that we've, I'm assuming we've all watched the episode. So one of the things I kind of want to dive into right away, and maybe we'll find answers as we talk about it, is who was on the other end of that radio? The woman that Morgan spoke to on the CB. Right, who we do see at the end. Right. Well, I mean, was it her? That's the thing. I assumed yes. Uh, yeah, so I'm not sure. She seemed, whoever was on the other end with Morgan at the beginning of the episode seems to know the roots, seems to know where he is exactly. And it could be, and maybe you're right, it could be that she just read the the map that Purvis, which is the, the trucker, uh, the trucker whose truck that Morgan was in but did not drive him, <laughs> apparently, as we find out by the end. Uh, Purvis may have had one of those maps on him and maybe the woman the scary woman at the end of the episode who I'm referring to as scary woman mm-hmm. uh, took that off of him read it and, and also noticed maybe this woman also noticed the care packages on the side of the road mm-hmm. the take what you need leave what you don't thing right. mm-hmm. and she does seem to be writing it on Purvis's face you know Walker Purvis right <clears throat> and that's another thing by the way something I, I really really regret um, not bringing up because I saw something in the mid-season trailer and i am i am gonna bother myself to actually bring it up because let me see here that's episode 24 okay i want you to notice something because i don't think we saw it in this episode and i kind of want to bring it up now and maybe it's a good thing that we i didn't bring it up in the episode uh see sdcc trailer no one's gone oh no one's gone Okay, yeah. Okay. Um okay, yeah. So, so Alicia is in the background in this one frame and there's a a dead guy, like a dead walker in the foreground. Okay, lying down on the road. Okay, picture it now. Um the walker on the ground, you need uh, has on cuz it's zoomed in on his face, right? Mm-hmm. And Alicia's kind of like there, kind of looming over him. On the dead guy's face, it says people you know. Mm-hmm. So, we know now that it's this woman that, that writes these things on 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 people's faces. And we know that this woman at the end of this episode finally, you know, writes down, take what you need, leave what you don't on this guy's face, on Purvis's face. Mm-hmm. So this woman seems to have got, 
gotten another guy who says people you know. So I, I don't know. So there's there's something going on with this woman. Mm-hmm. And I know that we mentioned in our in episode 24, our little ramp up episode for the mid season and the Walking Dead season nine. <clears throat> we we mentioned that this woman was kind of narrating the trailer. Mm-hmm. I, it definitely was her, and she's basically saying, you know, tapping into people's dark side, you know, saying, "I know who you are. I know what you're capable of." That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's not clear what this woman's intentions are, the crazy woman, because mm-hmm. it seems as though okay that she's kind of exposing them in a way, like mm-hmm. like I I know what you're capable of, but is it is it to get them to do bad things? Uh, is it to kind of prosecute them, or you know, to kind of you know what I mean, to kind Kind of show them their worst sides and make them feel bad about themselves, manipulate them, hurt them, make them do bad things, join an evil cause, be the whispers. Uh, who knows? So I, I guess we're, we're, we've just met her now and we probably won't see her in the next episode, I don't think. Because it seems to me that, you know, it seems to be that we're focusing on like two at a time, you know, Alicia and Alicia and Charlie. We have Morgan in this episode. In the next episode, we're going to have, I guess, again, I said Maggie. We have Althea and June, mm-hmm. probably mostly. So we may not get back to her for a little while yet. So I guess it remains to be seen. Yeah, I think so. I think we have to wait and see. Yeah. Unfortunately. So impatient, David. Yeah. So one of the first things that we notice is that Morgan is starting to really enjoy this truck stop before he gets on the CB. Uh, or no, um, just after he talks to the woman on the radio. He has a cup of coffee and he's like really enjoying it. Uh, you see, like he goes to the bathroom notices are running water and he uses the toilet. I think it's the first time I can recall seeing somebody use the toilet on a broadcast television network. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, right? No. Like the ultimate sitcom sort of series mm-hmm. thing is like we never see people go to the bathroom. Right. It just right. doesn't happen. Right. It's an alternate universe where nobody has a bum hole. It's just sort of like assumed. And yet and yet you constantly see guys walk off into the woods or somewhere where it's probably not the best time to walk off in the woods and have a pee. Yeah. But nobody has a bum hole. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's- yeah, it's it's something that you're right. I don't think that we've really seen it. Well, we definitely haven't seen it on the Walking Dead universe. I I can't recall any time where we've seen somebody go number two. Yeah. Well, not actually, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No. Like referencing it, even. Yeah. No. It's kind never. of interesting. <laughs> never. So let's talk about that scene for a second because I, a lot of people are regarding that scene, like even like on Talking Dead, they spend a little time. Um, uh, they spend a little time with Daryl Chill, Mitchell, and and uh, Chris Harder brings out the the bathroom scene where Morgan's kind of caught unawares um, by Wendell, and yeah, I, I, that was quite the opening scene for Wendell and Morgan, M- like Wendell basically launching into his, you know, tell me why did you choose that bathroom over all other bathrooms? Right, right. But it was kind of like funny, mm-hmm. like humorous in in a way but also kind of like Let's bring up an important topic right now. Yeah, no, it, it was it was valid. It was a valid question. And and actually, I know you didn't listen to Talking Dead, but it's kind of worth it because he really goes into this whole thing where like, oh, it's the, it's like the worst thing in the world. Like he really, uh, Daryl Chill Mitchell always gets pissed because he, you know, obviously he's, he's always in the airport. You're supposed to kind of leave that hand that um, disabled person's bathroom, right? You know, open, and you don't really kind of think about it. I first of all, just the cards on the table, and I don't know if this is how you feel. And maybe it's just because I'm five two and you're five three, but I am not comfortable on the dis- on the disabled bathrooms toilet. Oh, because of the height. Yeah, there's that that extra like six inches off the ground, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't want to feel like I'm five years old dangling my feet <laughs> over the bowl, that kind of yeah. thing. You know? No, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I I hear you. It's definitely not the most comfortable. You know, it it's it's like that for a reason. You know. Yeah. So I just avoid it purely on that factor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so but you know had if i was a taller person would that hold me back and i'd be like kind of like no because you, you know when it comes to the airport bathroom or like i'm like okay think about all the times like you you leave a movie right and you're like dying to pee after that movie mm-hmm. right and you know all the women are lined up over the bathroom the guy's kind of line is going is kind of going through really quick and the reason for that is because we're peeing in this you know not in the stall but in the, the toilet in the stall right and, the, and all the urinals and we're kind of going in rotation effortlessly going through the line because you know it's less of an ordeal mm-hmm. and so I mean we're all kind of kind of going through it and I mean like obviously if someone who if, if, if a disabled person was in line I think there would be more hesitation when it comes to 
the bathroom stalls and stuff like that, the, the the disabled person stalls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're like in line and they're way behind there, I don't think anybody would really think about it. No, probably not. Right? I mean, I'm, especially especially as New Yorkers, you know. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people would just kind of like act rather than kind of think too deeply into it. Right, because we're because we're all ableist. I think. I think. As I think, we're a little ignorant about that stuff, and I think it's kind of. I mean, I think it's important to remember some of these things, like yeah, you know, like that that this is a problem for for people living under these conditions, and yeah. to that these bathrooms are built for them. So I guess I don't. It, I think it's kind of good. It's a good reminder, kind of just stay vigilant and mm-hmm. and uh, you know use it as a last resort not the first one and you know if, if your eyes are open you're heading in and you see somebody behind you that that needs it more than you do just just you know clear a path right you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i i don't know i thought it was pretty cool and it also i mean it also did it in a funny way and it didn't beat your head over it in, in the end wendell does kind of agree with him yet yeah, it's kind of like a tiny apartment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so yeah no, i just thought that was funny yeah i thought that was a good comparison definitely can you give me a minute yeah All right <laughs> thank you <laughs> realistic uh yeah okay and by the way okay well let me see here okay so now here we go i kind of want to bring up right now we're establishing that wendell is is funny in in a way like in a very subtle way um and i kind of want to go through some of the humor some of the lines Mm -hmm. like obviously we covered the lowering the gun thing twice because it was in the trailer Uh, can you lower that please and he goes sure thing And and he lowers it from his head to his gut right so Right when Wendell is escorting Morgan outside the stall to the seat, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously waiting for Sarah and all that stuff. So the first thing that that uh, Chill, oh sorry, Wendell asks Morgan is, uh, "Who t- who said you could have all this stuff?" And he was like, "I talked to somebody on the radio." And he goes, "You talked to somebody on the radio?" Yeah, I talked to somebody on the radio. So you saying you talked to somebody on the radio? I talked to somebody on the radio. That whole thing, that whole back and forth, was just so freaking hilarious. And it actually kind of makes sense a little bit because by the time you get back to the end of the episode, it seems as though maybe that they were trying to do that as well and nobody was answering and maybe the scary lady finally answered Morgan. But then who's this polar bear person? And that's why I was so confused because is this scary lady? That's This is what's getting me. Is this scary lady taking out all the people in the truck route? You know, including this lady, maybe? The, the lady that was originally talking to Morgan because polar bear, who's polar bear? Um, Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's the only reason why I'm a little confused because, you know, if she was talking to somebody else and I don't know, and there was a real trucker network, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because basically Wendell and Sarah's whole shtick is that they are playing it off that they are truckers and their whole thing is dropping off those, those care boxes every four, every mile marker ending in four, right? Right. Eventually we find out. They find that out from Purvis, right? The, the guy whose truck they stole the stuff from. Yes. Okay. So, uh, they leave Purvis with one of those boxes on the side of the road basically the same spot you know they picked up morgan more or less mm-hmm. and so it, it almost you know it almost makes me wonder if purvis was alone now and doing this on his own mm-hmm. or was there really a trucker network they were operating off of some knowledge that he gave them or something like that and then is this woman real on the other end of the mic of, of the uh, cb radio is she not so i don't know it's just, i'm sorry it's just racking my brain mm-hmm. because i here's the thing i kind of want there to be a trucker network because mm-hmm. that would be kind of badass like a, right. like a group of truckers dropping off things on the side of the road it's something that Andrew Chambliss says in Talking Dead is, is that, th- that those boxes are based off of a real life thing where during the, the Texas hurricane flood situation mm-hmm. people were doing that mm. they were leaving boxes on the side of the road delivering them all that stuff with basic stuff like blankets water you know oh, wow. snack bars Things of that, and, you know, even like knives and stuff like that. Yeah. MREs. Yeah. So I just thought that was so. It, like now that I've got that information, I'm like thinking to myself, oh, I, I kind of wish that there there were people like that mm-hmm. on in this world. You know, so you could have these guys, you could have the new Savior Hilltop Alexandria mm-hmm. group, and then you know whatever's and like basically nobody in Texas except for this one dude, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this trucker network or whatever it is. So I don't know. I kind of want that to be real, like this whole subculture of heroes <laughs> so, i don't know that's just me no i, I hear you 
hear you. I hear you. It can't be all doom and gloom, Carol. Can't. No, I understand what I'm saying. 100%. Yeah. So, um, talk to somebody on the radio. Okay. The next thing was that Wendell and Sarah, they basically say that they're twins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Funny. Right. We're twins. Um, <laughs> Wendell flubbing the whole keep on trucking thing. Mm-hmm. He just can't do it. He, he right. does it. He screws it up twice. Mm-hmm. Just keep on moving ahead in your truck. <laughs> and then he goes, then Sarah corrects him. Oh, and then he's like, okay, when Morgan is talking about leaving his people behind in Texas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and Wendell tries to empathize. Oh, yeah. Yes. His, his Bichon freeze. Yes. He's like, I know what the guy's going through. They're probably dead. <laughs> like, my Bichon freeze. Yeah. yeah. That was funny. Oh, uh, okay. Here's another one. And then, yeah, when um, Wendell flubs again with the with the whole, uh, wh- when Morgan asks him what the code is, which is basically the title of the episode, right? He goes, we tell people when they need that help then keep and keep your truck moving <laughs> sorry it's funnier in context having done it twice already um when we finally meet jim which we'll obviously get to you never tried jimbo it's an awesome variant to your name <sighs> yeah um and negotiating with jimbo mm-hmm. when wendell's kind of like saying we got to talk about this there's some complexities and then sarah just kind of steamrolls in says you know what you know what, what are your terms is like all you can drink we're down That's it's just it. like these yeah. little just these little things that the show like we've been begging for in both the walking dead and fear of the walking dead just mm-hmm. little bouts of humor that we kind of just need to just kind of it's like make the medicine go down better that like mm-hmm. it's like that candy coating on the ibuprofen mm-hmm. like i got a headache these taste delicious do you ever okay I, I know I'm bouncing around here but I, I had a like like a kind of an acquaintance kind of like not a friend mm-hmm. but that would suck the coating off of an ibuprofen and then just spit out the actual ibuprofen oh wow that's intense yeah it, they, you just like pop them in like candy mm-hmm. it's very expensive candy let's just put it that yeah, way yeah <laughs> and then just spit out the, li- the little kind of cancer looking thing in the middle because wow. by the time you get to the middle it's like this brownish grainy rice looking thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like thick rice thing so i don't know like so this, so this is not the first this is the first time you've ever heard anybody suck the candy coating off an yeah. ibuprofen <laughs> am, am i blowing your mind yeah no i had never heard of that i mean you can do that in a fix in a pinch it's just sugar i guess so that's true <laughs> like so think about it. if you're diabetic go for it you got mm-hmm. no candy around but you got your ibuprofen because lord knows you need it for them headaches interesting <laughs> very interesting okay now we're gonna get to some meat now, when Morgan is talking with Sarah and Wendell, uh, basically trying to explain the situation, he's like, "Like, we'll kit you up so you can go, you can get ready to go and help your friends, right? He, he does mention that he wants to help his friends before he, he goes out, he heads out to uh, Virginia and stuff like that, right? Right. What's interesting about, okay, here's something I didn't think about. He mentions Virginia the first time around, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why doesn't Wendell, why don't Wendell and Sarah, why aren't they interested in then? Why don't they take him for a ride or make him take them to Virginia then to Alexandria. No, I'm not, I'm not too sure on. I don't know. And yet, when he sees them with, when he sees him, when they see him with Jim in the back of the truck, mm-hmm. you know, why all of a sudden are they kind of kind of aggressive? I mean, do you think it's because they found out about Jim and that maybe that they were lying? I'm not sure. Maybe. maybe okay, and then ability. let's try this on for size. Um, if they knew. Okay, wait, hold up. Uh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure this one out because. If they knew he was lying, because obviously he came back, got the car, went out, saw saw that the quote unquote bridge was out, and he was on his way to meet them on that mile marker ninety one and all that stuff, and then he spots Jim, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they must have gotten held up, whatever that was. They rescue Jim, and all of a sudden Jim points out, "Oh, these are the assholes that you know built me for my recipe and stuff like that." Right, right. So why is it okay for them to lie to Morgan, but it's not okay for Morgan to lie to them? <laughs> Think about it. The whole reason why they suddenly turn on Morgan is because they claim, you know, he's lying about co- going back to his friends, like like bailing out on his friends. Mm-hmm. Technically, I guess, right? Right, right. Like, we knew you were lying about the bridge. <laughs> so that's interesting. So I, I just, like, them as a couple, I just don't get 100%. I feel like we're going to get to know them a little bit better, like what their motivations are, why they mm-hmm. act so weirdly 
Because again, they they could have uh, they could have built grifted Morgan to get them to take him to Virginia in the first place, mm-hmm. and even after he was on his way back, um, you know, to meet them and stuff like that. So it's just strange. It's just, just really strange. Anyway, so but let's talk about Morgan's cowardice because now we're kind of confronting what you know what he will. So he's on the road basically back to Texas, and then all of a sudden he sees he hears all these voices, and basically I, I had the captions on, so I'm listening to the voices. It's all basically, you know, Strand, Luciana, John Dory, Strand saying, have a good, you know, have fun on your trip. Luciana saying, you know, goodbye. And John Dory saying, well, farewell and stuff like that. That's that's what he hears in his head. He's trying to figure out a way to be okay with saying goodbye to them. You know, and the last thing he had was Alicia basically saying, I want to be alone. I don't want to be anywhere near you. And so he knows that they're broken. They're all kind of having, struggling with their own thing. Um, but, you know, after being pushed away, it, it's kind of like as though he's pu- being pushed out the door. So he's trying to convince himself to like not have to deal with them. So, like, I mean, what do you think is going on in Morgan's mind at that moment? Um, at which moment specifically? Well, that moment on the bridge when he kind of decides to go back, to run back. He might feel that, they're, that they might be dead or that it's just kind of an exercise in futility. So, like, yeah, that, that he lost them in the hurricane already and it's better to say goodbye now than fu- oh my god then do you know what that is no I, i'm glad i worded it that way because you know what it is i know i'm saying the quote oh yeah 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 he didn't want to find out that henry was dead do you remember that right 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 same that's reason true. yeah that's that's true that's crazy I, you helped me get to that by the way <laughs> so i was kind of like you're right. I mean, he didn't want to do it with Henry. He was, it made him broken inside thinking about it. I lose people and I lose myself. I don't want to find out that they're dead. Right. Like when, I mean, Wendell didn't help with that either. So, no. So. Yeah, no, sure. So, so, and here's the confusing part, because when Morgan is on the way to meet up with Wendell and Sarah, that whole funny-ass scene where Sarah runs over the walker that's in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. and Wendell gives her half a point, and apparently this tally that they're making of killing walkers, mm-hmm. even though we find out later on that they're not really interested in saving Morgan when he's in right. trouble. Um, or not really sure how, but which is weird. Again, this is all weird. I don't, I don't understand how they can have a walker count that high. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're doing it while driving, so it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have to get out of the car and all that stuff. So or the truck. Mm-hmm. But then this weird thing about Wendell giving her half a point because it's you know he 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 almost hit a you know she almost ran ran over the bird. So mm-hmm. he, he does have this weird valuing life thing. Right, right. So maybe some of that stuff is a. Like he's not hard, you know what I mean? Like he's not. Right, right. So I don't know. These are things like I kind of want to pick up on because it just gives me more mm-hmm. about the character than they're than they're they're like fourth, you know, willing to give us in the in the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that maybe it'll give us hints later on about how who the who these people really are, why they have to feel like they have to act a certain way or mm-hmm. be a certain way. Uh-huh. So maybe there's a lot more humanity in them than we think. Right. And Mo Collins and and Chill Mitchell really kind of indicate as much on talking dead freely indicate as much that these people aren't really what you think they are and there's a reason why they call themselves twins and stuff like that mm-hmm. they're really i mean not open about it but they're really open to kind of letting you in on who these people may be really mm-hmm. so but i think that's important because like even though it's a funny ass scene with the half point thing right it tells you a little bit more about oh this guy's kind of he's almost like a pacifist like mm-hmm. i don't think he wants to shoot people i don't think he wanted to shoot morgan right so that's i don't know it's just interesting okay so, okay, when they finally meet up at back at the gas station, one of our, tell me you did not laugh, howling with laughter, when Sarah calls Morgan Momo. What? I, I, I understand that. Where did that come from? Momo? Uh-huh. Where did that come Meaning, like, where, she, she plucked it out of the air. She just started uh, calling him Momo. Yeah, because I was like, where did it come from? <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> well, meaning what? Like that like why she was calling him that at all. Why did she call Jim Jimbo? <laughs> well, there was at least some sort of relation there. I was like, Momo. I was like, I was <laughs> like Morgan, instead of Morgan Momo. That's stretch i was like uh, hmm. but but still it, it's just kind of funny isn't it though it's just kind of like i was i i was dying she calls him momo this okay here's the thing I, and i kind of asked this at the at the top of the show it's like it's nice to have this morgan episode right but you have literally probably the most serious character in the walking dead universe like the most intense character in the walking dead universe in terms of like this range of acting really crazy than pretend 
end Zen and then, you know, really struggling by the end of season eight of The Walking Dead. Really, really struggling. And then this like intense, you know, crazy person almost. You know, you don't want to F with Morgan, that sort of thing, right? Right. And then you stick him in an episode with these two clowns of people. Mm-hmm. And the effect is kind of like you get to see like like all the WTF faces that Morgan makes. You know, you, you were talking to somebody on the radio. That's what they, and like he was kind of like, oh, come on already. Mm-hmm. It's like Gilligan and like the skipper. You know what I mean? Right, it's, right. it's 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 just so great to see these two people having a thing. Like mm-hmm. these two complete, it's like the odd couple, right? You have like, it's just, it's, and that's why like when she said Momo, I lost it. I was just like, Momo? And so they bring it up on Talking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. And how I think she kind of plucked, the, she, Mo Collins, Mo, mm-hmm. plucked that out of midair. And th- the thing is, is that her friends would call her Momo. So she said, you know, I'm going to use this on the show. Mm-hmm. So that's where, I mean, if you're wondering where that came from, literally. That's, that's th- where it did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. And this was mentioned on Talking Dead. She, I'm sure she improved that. I'm sure they like let it in. And the reason why they let it in was because, was because Lenny James hates the name. Absolutely hates the name Momo. So he they, they basically used it to kind of, you know, screw with him. Like in a way of kind of like enhancing the performance. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. M- like Lenny James doesn't like this. Morgan sure as hell doesn't like this. Mm-hmm. But they're still going to call him Momo. For sure. I like want to hashtag that. Hashtag Momo. Such a random name. <laughs> Yeah, if this was any other setting than like the Deep South or the the you know Midwest or whatever it is there, you know, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I guess Mississippi is the South, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We consider that the South. Definitely. Um, if this was any other place but the Deep South, I would have thought, oh, it's like uh, you know, Samoan kind of name. Mm-hmm. Hey, Momo, mm-hmm. give me that Moco Loco. Yeah, I'm not gonna make an impression. There's limits, Dave. I mean, Carol. Who am I talking to? Anyway. <laughs> so uh yeah so that's interesting because before he leaves to go off to help uh when he comes back talks to sarah and says yeah because he, he he runs away from the bridge and he and she mentions on the radio like even sarah knows it can detect oh i know how much you those people out there in texas meant to you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she's on the ball she's kind of like trying to follow the ball she knows he lied about the bridge being out like why is he doing this why is he lying mm-hmm. and why is he a coward you know so and, and this is relevant in the episode because you know she mentions it when she catches him with Jim. He's like, "You're trying to be, pretend to be something you're not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to pretend like you're 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 helping your friends. You're really not. You know, right. what are you doing? You're just trying to save yourself. You're just like us. Right. You're just trying to save yourself." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Jim mentions mentions a couple things. So when we meet Jim, right, he's on the side of the road being chased by walkers, bag over the head, that sort of thing. We know that Sarah and Wendell now Wendell did this. Um, and then we figure out also that they want him for the beer. He smells like a brewery. And he's been hiding out in the apocalypse. He's like one of those Ale- Alexandrians, mm-hmm. you know, the pre-Alexandrian Alexandrians, where mm-hmm. behind the walls and stuff like that. He's he's had shelter. He's been sheltered from the world. So he's he's had like a different kind of perspective than everybody else that's been surviving, scraping, moving on. And especially in Texas. Okay. If you remember from the top of the show, Leland and the Pilfers, and basically setting the scene for, for Texas, basically, I mean, you've got the vultures, you've got basically miles and miles and miles of nothing right barely any people the show did a really good job uh, expressing the fact that there really aren't many people out there in the southwest basically in a Lone Star State. Literally, it's the Lone Star State. There's barely anybody out there. There's barely anything out there either. And especially because of the vultures. Right. Basically hoard it. Oh, and here's another thing. And I just noticed it now because like if you if you really think about it, the huge difference between take what you want, leave the rest, and the vultures who took everything. Mm-hmm. Or no, it's take what you need, leave the rest, right? Yeah. And then John Dory takes what he needs, leaves the rest just in case. Mm-hmm. The vultures took everything. And it's funny because if we had met the vultures later on after this box thing this whole trucker network thing and yeah. and john dory and everything i think it would have made a lot more sense the juxtaposition mm-hmm. or maybe this is intentional like maybe we needed to see people that just would take would strip everything bare mm-hmm. and not leave anything behind for anybody else right right to, to really appreciate the boxes all right if you think about it because why did i even bring this up <laughs> 
Um, because like when it comes to Jim and we get to Jim finally, Jim is like sheltered from everything. He, he has like a different perspective. I mean, cause he hasn't been surviving. He hasn't been scrounging. He hasn't been out in the middle of nowhere by himself. Like most people are in Texas, just nothing, nowhere, nobody. Right. And so he has this like, you know, the first thing he says to, to Morgan after saving him, he's, he's like, you know, what's the point of the beer? And he's like, you know, are, you got a point of, you got a point to life? Or are you looking for one? And he says this like another time also, I think, because he says another thing over and over and he goes, ah, beer, the staff of life, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he said, there's a point to him saying this, by the way, by the end of the episode. And he makes a really, really, really good point. And he, the, so the first thing about look, uh, you got a point like to what you're asking me or are you looking for one? So right out of the gate, this because of this guy's not having to survive and everything and having, you know, not having to really scrounge around, kill things. He's had, he's been able to maintain his humanity. He's, he's driven, you know, he, but at the same time, this might be really, really, really dangerous for anybody that's around him because... You've got a guy that basically almost made it big, and now he's carrying that baggage into the apocalypse. Like, he's stuck on the old world, the old world he really, really can't expect to have again. Do you follow, Carol? Mm-hmm. I'm here. Oh, I'm, did I lose you? Nope, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, like, do you follow what I mean? Like, he, he's kind of stuck mm-hmm. in the old world, in the old yes. apocalypse, you know, pre-apocalypse mode. Mm-hmm. And so, he's bringing some of that baggage with him. Now, some of that could be good, like, he's thinking positive and optimistically. He hasn't really, but he hasn't really been through, he hasn't been tested, like the vulture said. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing a lot of this optimism, this kind of, you know, like, entrepreneurial optimism kind of thing mm-hmm. into this world where he really can't expect much and like if you think about it Alicia just said to Charlie things are only gonna get worse right right and they're not gonna get better they're just gonna get worse you just gotta be you know you have to have your head on a swivel kind of thing right and right. just be prepared for it gonna get it, it getting worse and right. so and then you meet a guy like Jim and it's kind of like oh this guy I don't know I don't know what he's expecting but then it's kind of infectious also because when he starts getting into the whole staff of life thing mm-hmm. that whole staff of life conversation how beer you know it gets the Egyptians to to get together and, and and, and, and have civilized conversations, the, you know, the Germans, the Greeks, and the, and the ancient Romans and stuff like that. And it makes you think a little bit because uh, it really, really starts to make you think how in a world where everybody is just trying to get enough food to survive another day, to survive the hazards of this world and the now, I guess, the natural elements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you really think about it, if they had beer in this world, okay, walk mm-hmm. with me here. Walk with me, Carol. Think about like the saviors and think about, you know, the governor and all that stuff. If they had a little beer, yeah, maybe they could come down to something like a little bit. Maybe, maybe they could get together around the table, have a few brewskis, maybe mm-hmm. not think life is so bad, maybe come to an agreement, not be on their guard all the time. I don't know. There's something to what he said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it really got me thinking of like how things could have gone a little differently between people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there is something like the introduction of of alcohol into the, in the ages, how it kind of maybe got people together in ceremony and, 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 you know, like peace treaties and stuff like that and, and anointments, you know, anointing with oil and, and then drinking wine and stuff like that and joyous occasions, mirth. (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe there is a place for something like that. Like, what if what if Jim okay. comes, you know, finally arrives to Alexandria right when chaos, like civil war, is going to brew and everybody starts fighting again? Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Stop, stop, stop! If you guys are really nice, I can show you where the beer is." <sighs> and then it just gets everything gets better. <laughs> there you go. Just seals the deal. This is our currency. <laughs> There you have it. Oh, you want more? You be good, okay? Just be good. You get more beer. Perfect. Perfect. Anyway, so, I don't know. It's just the thought that was kind of going on in my head. Because I really do think if, if they just had a beer and chill out, they'd, everything would be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Mm. So, uh, okay. So, yeah. So, finally, Wendell and Sarah reveal their true colors after they meet up with Morgan, with Momo. <laughs> and Jim finds out that, oh, these are the guys that screwed me over and left me for dead. Like, right. literally. Right. And, um, yeah. And, and Sarah and Wendell kind of, which is, okay, here's where it gets a little weird. Okay. They tie, they tie them up. They tie Momo and Jimbo uh, to the back of their rig and basically tell them everything, you know. It, Almost like they're trying to justify what they did to the to Purvis, the guy who 
previously uh, drove the truck. Like, oh, well, we left him on the side of the road with that box, you know, that helpful box. And like almost as if like they're trying to explain themselves. They don't have to explain themselves to him. They could have just kept quiet, which tells you another thing, which tells you like, oh, maybe these these guys really aren't terrible people. Like, like a terrible person wouldn't explain anything. A terrible person would probably wouldn't even keep him alive if you think about it. So, you know, if there's just a lot of unsaid tells like how these guys are really... You know, if they were a lot smarter, they, you know, uh, Wendell would just remember keep on truck. Something so simple as keep on trucking. So, yeah. And then and then Sarah's catchphrase, which is interesting because it's kind of like, if you can't keep what's yours, it ain't yours, mm-hmm. which is completely different than take what you need, leave the rest. Right, right. If you ask me. So, and the vultures. Oh, yeah. And the savior saying, you remember that? It was like, um, uh, we take what's ours or something like that. So it was something like I kept bringing it up in season eight, like mm-hmm. because it was something they said and it just stuck with me, and I, I kept having to bring it up again. Um, okay, so here's the thing: I noticed one thing, and that and that's okay. I, I went into a whole thing about Jim and how he's bringing this like pre-apocalypse baggage about how he almost made it big with his beer company, right? Mm-hmm. Selling his beer to a multi his beer company to a multi Augie's Ale, right, right, mm-hmm. and selling it to a multinational beer company, right, a multinational conglomerate. Mm-hmm. So Wendell's also carrying some pre-apocalypse life baggage too, and he mentions it when he says, um, "Yeah, he's he's like, you know, I can justify." my smashing grabs because you know the universe kind of handed me this disability it's kind of like you know yeah i'm I'm just getting mine Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and then between those two so it's kind of like and 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 this kind of like a theme obviously we started out in the episode with with um morgan have to having to kind of answer um wendell you know about going to the bath uh the disabled bath uh, person's bathroom stall so and then we have this previous baggage of like him mentioning to Morgan, well, you know, it's not as if like the universe de- dealt me a great hand. And then by the end of the episode, mm-hmm. Morgan kind of tells him, look, I think the universe is trying to tell you something completely different that like in spite of your disability, you're still here, mm-hmm. you know, and that in that the universe does seem to have, I mean, the fact that you're still here means that the universe ain't done with you. It means that you're worth, you know, you've, you've, you've passed whatever test life has thrown your way and you know, it's up to you now. You have to decide what you have to do with that gift. Mm-hmm. So, but it's interesting. Like, we're, I don't know where we're going to get that from Jim now, or I don't know how long. And that's the thing. Remember when we were, when we saw Jim in the, in the preview, we're kind of like, he seems like a shady character. It doesn't seem like that now, but I also feel like, and I don't know if you use this reference also, but I do because I watch Star Trek, but he seems like a red shirt to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean by yeah. red shirt? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Potentially. He could be. He, he definitely could be. It just seems like guys like that are not long for this world right no yeah definitely yeah so uh yeah but I, I just thought it was nice to kind of see that okay you know wendell and jim are both kind of in the same boat in the weird way just you know um i talked about that uh do 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 okay so okay so the part when Jim kind of comes on board to Wendell and Sarah's plan, right? And he's about to get in the truck, and then he's he stumbles when he's trying to pick up the chiller, and and Morgan falls into the the little underpass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, when they see when they see Momo, it's not going away. When they see Momo get back on the truck, you know, like narrowly fleeing the walkers that are, that are coming after him. Now, it's kind of a serious question. Do you think that they genuinely wanted to help him but no, couldn't? No. So, so you think you think that they didn't want to help him at all? No, I think that they were kind of like, mm, well, you can you can manage. Ah, that's interesting because I really didn't know what to think. I I have you know I know that they were trying to debate who was going to ha- try to save him, but I, well, the the question really is is do you think that they would have even though they knew how to or do you think they just don't know how to do you think that Wendell and Sarah are also sheltered mm, probably partially sheltered but also kind of like they got directions from him so they were probably like okay all right well we're gonna check out and see if these directions match up you know see ya you can figure it out <laughs> for a couple thousand miles yeah <clears throat> if you get out you can walk yes if you don't well Right, yeah. So you think it's just because they're just not good people, not not the best people. Not the best people. The best people. <laughs> Wendell and Sarah. No. <laughs> they're, my, they're my executive branch. Not in the least. And no, I don't no. drink beer, but Jimbo, you're there too. Um. Okay. No, that's good because I, I, I was kind of like thinking to myself, I wasn't really sure like whether or not it was a matter of just the ability to or if it was just them not just feeling like, you know, just like not, not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to waste, you know, the energy. Right. Right. Interesting. I'm still kind of out, but like I, I, I do feel you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and in the process of really telling him why they won't save 
gave him, Sarah does mention the whole lying about the bridge thing. Right. It's not, it's not as though you're you're you know you're the most um, dependable friend, given mm. what you how you abandon your friends. Right. Right. Yeah. And this gets Morgan really thinking, especially when he's out there alone trying to survive, mm-hmm. because Morgan now, just like everybody else on this show, gets the opportunity to do, and it changes everything when they do it. Mm-hmm. Is Morgan's having his saying the truth out loud moment? You know, right. saying it out loud, allowing <laughs> it to change you, mm-hmm. just like Alicia did. You know, in the last episode, Charlie did as well. Finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick finally did as well, you know, before he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Madison did with um, who was then Naomi, uh, you know, admitting to herself, like, I, I screwed up and stuff like that, <clears throat> that right. she doesn't, you know, she's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody in the show, and, th- and this is the season of saying the truth out loud. And and this is basically the, Alth- the Althea season, essentially. Like, her philosophy kind of just is this big umbrella on the show. And you see themes like this come up where each mm-hmm. character really gets a chance to to tell their say their truth say your truth Morgan yeah right mm-hmm. you know and they do and they do and it changes their entire outlook it, it changes basically their, their entire situation because once they do once they do say it out loud Morgan says this out loud to Wendell on the on the walkie and then when he tries to you know and then when he gives himself a chance to, to save himself you know er, it, everything changes and right. and it turns out that the boxes really do help because it really helped him out of that gym mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it really does, it really does say something about how, like, the disparate attitudes between the vultures and the, and the trucker network. Apparently, I, I, we don't even know if this trucker network is real or if this is just one dude. Right. You know, but still, at the same time, the fact that these things even existed. Now, here's the thing about these things, and this is why this is a little bit more confusing, because, if you think about it, um, Andrew Tramble says says one thing about those boxes, and I'm glad I left this for the end because, in the same breath, he kind of mentions I wanted to introduce the the rescue boxes, you know, the little care boxes, right from episode one, okay, and kind of leave it hanging, leave it open, right? Just like the, um, do you remember when Alicia freaks out in the back of Althea's van about uh-huh. the the Korean the kimchi noodles? Yes, just the first episode, right, or maybe the second episode, I think it was. Um, he wanted to have those care boxes not to be even be revealed until episode 11, I guess, this one. And so the the fact that he couldn't do that, you know, means that it, it, he said it, we just couldn't do it for time. And it was kind of like, I mean, what that would have been kind of cool to have because then you again, it's kind of like mentioning the, the vultures again because it's mm-hmm. worth mentioning it because you have this one attitude of take what you need, leave the rest, and then John Dory does bring it on later. Mm-hmm. And by the time John Dory brings up, we already know who the vultures are. Mm-hmm. That you know, picking things clean. Naomi, we get introduced but to Naomi. Then we have like a couple episodes, and you have the. The June and John episode, well, the Laura and John episode, mm-hmm. and, and his attitude at the store. So I think that would have been kind of, really kind of cool to have, you know, mm-hmm. the take what you need thing. And it would allow them to kind of, you know, right, right, to have these little, little contrasting messages mm-hmm. within the season, right. But I'm kind of sad that they didn't really, they really have the opportunity to really do it. Mm-hmm. So, but it's good to know because it shows how much thought they kind of really gave to the series. You know, how much, how much real thoughtfulness that that went into some of their narratives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you feel about Morgan's new stick, quote unquote, four four two stick? What, the mile marker. Yeah, I mean, I think it's effective, that's for sure. Darn tootin'. <laughs> oh, I did it too Very now. Very effective. Very effective. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you not miss his stick? Do you miss his stick? Um, so-so. I mean, like, I, I think, you know, it's a cool new weapon of choice. So it'll be interesting to see if that, they stick around with that, right. you know? Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Momo. Momo, you're just a volleying. Well, we will see. Now we go straight from that, from the 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 new <laughs> the new Walker killing stick, um, to the fact that you know the boxes saved Morgan. He mentions it to Wendell. He's like, I don't know if you're listening to me. I don't know if you heard me. Mm-hmm. But it turns out those boxes were more helpful than you thought. Mm-hmm. And you get that montage of him running again. Like if you notice that when when it shows him running to like Wendell and Sarah or whatever, he's running to basically Texas, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same similar kind of montage that he had when he was running away from Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Like it just showed showed his feet, showed him kind of walking through all these different terrains, the mud, the and all right. that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so I just thought that was interesting that we're kind of having this recurring um, montage of, of different... And we saw something similar to this when in season eight of The Walking Dead. At the beginning of the season, we saw the montage of, you know, Rick, Rick Carroll and Daryl, mm-hmm. you know, all this, like that slow-mo pan shot sort of thing. And then we see it later on also when it came to Negan and um, and, and Dwight and uh, what was Stephen Ogg's character? Uh, Simon. Simon, right. Mm-hmm. And, and same kind of montage except two different teams. Uh-huh. And here we have... And here we have Morgan running towards friends rather than running away from people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just thought that was pretty interesting because immediately after that montage, he gets kind of rewarded with Wendell and Sarah. He's like, when did you find out that, that the, the directions were wrong? It was like, we kind of find, figured it out a couple hundred up, hundred miles in. We checked the map, actually. It was like, there is no exit 77C. Right, right. And so here's where things get really, really weird. Because, again, I can't really figure out what these people are about, what Wendell and Sarah are all about. I can figure out Jim. He's kind of simple. But I just can't figure out Wendell and Sarah because he's mentioning how the box has helped. He mentioned, he mentions, you know what, I could just, I can go it alone or you can take me there. Either way, you know, it doesn't matter to me. But if we are going to go and if you are going to take me, we're going to make some stops along the way. Because they have all the drop boxes, you know? So what what really gets weird is why do you... I, I'm trying to figure out, maybe you can help me. <clears throat> why do you, why does Wendell and Sarah go along with with Momo's plan? Um, probably because they really just want to know how to get to Alexandria. So they have to suck it up. So you think... Do you think... So you think they just merely have him... Uh, he, he has him over a barrel. Yes. And they really literally have to go along with it. Mm-hmm. But I think he, fi- he figured out something else, too. That I don't think that they really want to kill him or the or kill period mm-hmm. between not killing the crow you know i i think they really just want to see they just don't want to have to work for what they get mm-hmm. i mean it says it all i mean sarah says it all if you can't keep what you what you have it wasn't yours to begin with basically mm-hmm. so yeah. i think to me it's kind of like you know finders keepers losers weepers kind of thing yeah i mean they're like children essentially yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, you know, if you want to like, if you want if you want to have ice cream after dinner, you gotta you gotta eat your broccoli. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's basically do these good things, and you I'll give you what you want, no problem. Right, right. So that's that's kind of interesting. I'm I'm trying to navigate this. I'm trying to figure out what they are. Because, and the reason why I'm having a little bit more trouble is because, and it shouldn't be because they kind of spell it out. So Mo Collins, Chill Mitchell, when somebody on the show basically said, I think is it either Chris Hardwick or it was. It was Drew Scott, and Drew Scott said something to the effect of, oh, they're kind of like grifters. Mo, Mo Collins interjects, and she basically says, oh, I don't think we're grifters. You know, I don't think we're con- trying to con people, per se. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think part of the con is ripping people off and not caring about the consequences. Mm-hmm. I think she said, so you get the impression that maybe they're more than just that. Maybe there's a story behind why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. But they're not heartless. They leave things behind. They, they tie people up. They give people a chance to kind of survive. Mm-hmm. But again, it, like this episode's kind of deliberately misleading. Like you get hints of like humanity and, and like not wanting to hurt anybody, that sort of thing. But it, they don't give you the full picture and, and their behavior is kind of perplexing and, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, so one more thing about, um, okay, so the walkie, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now. Morgan walkies. I think he's walking, walking the team, right? When when he's in the was in, when he's in the big rig, he's kind of explaining what happens. You know, I was you know scared, but I'm coming now. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I noticed in my second watch and was writing my notes, I was kind of like, don't you wish or think that this is what it should have been like when because when Rick was kind of like radioing Morgan and Morgan wasn't respo- responding, mm-hmm. you get that sense of oh, this is what he would have said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm that's coming good, to you now. That's a good point. So I got that feeling when I finally heard him on the walkie. I was kind of like, oh, this is what it would have been like mm-hmm. had he responded to Rick. Oh, this is what it should have been like. Morgan should have come to Rick right away, but he couldn't or didn't. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel like he could. He needed to be. He could be around people. Right. Um. So I got that feeling. Like, and mm-hmm. if you if you watch that scene again, you could really get that sense of like, mm-hmm. this is what it should have been like for Morgan. Morgan should have kept in touch with Rick. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. And here's where we get to even weirder stuff. The whole scene with Purvis and the weird lady. So one question I have, do you, okay, because you really don't have a 100% read on this lady. 
Do you think she killed the dude, Purvis? Yes. So you think she flat out killed him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what do you think she's about? Because do you have feelings? Do you have thoughts? I think she's just like a sociopath that likes to feel that she's like queen of the damned or something. Like, bluffs, like... <laughs> so she does definitely come off like that. Definitely does. And I get the impression that she's just... You know, one of those like sociopaths that's like thriving in the post apocalyptic universe. Oh, that's interesting. Like a Mad King Lear or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. All these people that do well in the apocalypse are sociopaths. Not all, but most. Or become them. <laughs> Good. That's true. That yeah. is true. We're all, so that's, that should be the alternate title for the shows. <laughs> it's like, you know, the song, uh, Everybody's a Little Bit Racist from oh, Avenue. Yeah. Was it Avenue P? Avenue, Avenue Q. Avenue Q, right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like everybody's a little bit sociopath. Sociopathic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Man, I'm dying now too. Can you get sick over the internet? I don't think so, <laughs> but I think that there's definitely something going around. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, yeah. So I couldn't. So the only thing that really kind of really makes me think twice about this lady. Is something she says to Morgan in one of the trailers, or, or like the mid-season trailer, like, you better be careful out here and stuff like that, which, mm-hmm. okay, could be her trying to trick him into a trap or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then again, you really don't have a good read on her. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, from all intents, see, that's the thing. I try not to get lured into the obvious mm-hmm. on the show, right. on, any, on any of these shows, because it's kind of like, oh, she looks really evil and crazy. <laughs> Maybe she's not. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. That's just me right now. I, I I'm I'm opting to be on the fence with this one. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> God, not like I lose anything, Oof. but uh, but yeah, but I mean I've got nightmares. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's freaky. Yeah, freaky Friday. So I will say one thing. I did see the the Talking Dead sneak peek of next week, mm-hmm. and it seems as though not only have Althea and June flipped, I think flipped whatever they were they were driving. It could have been mm-hmm. the van. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, yeah, it seems like they were, they were in this other car. And they're trying to get back to the SWAT van, and and they can't quite get there. Mm-hmm. There are walkers on one side of the car. They're hiding behind. And then there's somebody else, like an actual person that's trying to block their path. Hmm, And yeah, at the end of that Talking Dead sneak peek, a hand goes behind June, a hand of a man. And somebody says something. I didn't record it because obviously I didn't have time before this episode. But it's not John Dory. It's not any of the people from the crew. Seems as though there's either a new person or somebody else that kind of mm. walks behind her and taps her on the shoulder. Basically, it could be a hostile force or something, but mm. but it seems like they're in a lot of trouble. To the point where like, you see it in one frame in the um, sneak peek that somebody steals the van from them. Mm. And Althea's like, in like major mode, trying to get it back. I will say one other thing about the next episode. Mm-hmm. <coughs> if I have the ability. <laughs> Althea's head is hot. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. So it seems to be that maybe there's, she's either sick yeah. or she's sick. Oh, I hope not, like, sick, sick. And that would be a real shame because we never got back to the bog. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I am not sat- satisfied with her giving really good advice on this show. You no. know what I mean? And not having any like baggage to kind of mm-hmm. impart on everybody. If you think about right. it just for a minute, like mm-hmm. she's been so helpful to everybody, but there's something there. There's something behind her, some truth that she's not saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that everybody else has been saying. And uh, and it's kind of like, I, and I feel like I've said this already, but mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like this is just going to be in the background from the the time we met her mm-hmm. that she's gonna finally have to say her truth after telling everybody else to kind of say their truth mm-hmm. and it's gonna be pivotal like to the point where i'll say this much the man that kind of puts his hand on june mm-hmm. from behind her mm-hmm. i think it has something to do with althea mm. i think it's gonna i'm mean, now that we're in episode 11 and at some point we're gonna reach episode 16 mm-hmm. i think we're due for a confrontation mm, i think so I why think am i having so much trouble jeepers <clears throat> i sound like alex jones <laughs> <laughs> why, am, why am I having so much trouble? I turned the frogs gay. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> um, did I trigger you? I don't know. <laughs> I triggered myself. I don't know about you. I just, I can't, I can't fathom what I sound like right now. Like, I just can't understand. Is this my voice? Is this how life is going to be like for me now? Um, but yeah, I, I think we're done here. But you said you had some news for us. Oh. This is where Carol just lights up and comes to life. Thanks. It's her thing. Well, we do have new castings. They did cast for... Right, yes. Beta and Lydia. So those roles were cast officially. I think the guy who's going to play Beta comes from Sons of Anarchy. I That's think. right. Correct. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
heard. And then Lydia, she's a young actress, but I think that she's been on Castle Rock, I think I heard. And I think she's she on Castle a- Rock? Oh, shoot. But I, I mean, it, it might be a small role. I, I mean, I'm not sure how big of a role she necessarily had. Did I see? Because I'm watching Castle Rock. I feel like I wanted to kind of. Like, I, I I think she has a small role. Oh, she does. Okay. Why? Well, shoot. I kind of want to know what it is because I, I I've been watching Castle. Rock. I can't even talk. I've been watching Castle Rock, and I, I don't know if I recognize her. And I kind of was toying around with the idea if we ever podcasted Castle Rock, mm-hmm. it would be Castle Squawk. <laughs> uh-huh. Because <That's> <laughs> I keep thinking about all these other podcasts we could be doing, like um. Like like Westworld, so it'd be like mm. like squawking Westworld or like yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, or because uh, I I've, I watch um, Jesus, what is it? What is it called? Uh, the one on Sci-Fi. I just finished watching the second season of mm-hmm. of um, shoot, 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 shoot. Oh, I hate it when when it gets to be this hour and you're kind of like, oh, I can't remember anything. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Think of all the series that you can think of and like just put Squawk on it. Like I wanted to even call our our, our incorporated Squawk Inc. I know, right? <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. But then again, like, you know, an LLC, an INC, mm-hmm. uh, a corp, Squawk Corp. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so I don't know. Um Thanks. I'm trying to find the actress, but I can't. Do you remember her name? Do, what are the names of the people that are that they're um of the, the cast members now? They're the actors' names? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I have to look that up. Uh, <clears throat> but uh yeah i mean the, the guy that plays that's, go- that's going to be playing beta he looks like the real deal yeah he does he it's appropriately cast <clears throat> i 100 percent agree cassidy mcclincy oh, is lydia just takes a little googling now i want to see if she's on castle rock because i have not encountered her yet let's see imdb says <clears throat> oh she is on castle rock you are 100 percent correct oh i know who she plays on castle rock she plays the younger version of one of the uh the present day actors <laughs> yeah you, it's a great show you you should watch that show you'll see what i mean i mean if you like getting creeped out but I, i'm not sure that you do no i mean i've heard a lot of good things about it it's just you know finding the time finding between this show and uh, <laughs> in life <laughs> I get you. I got you. And that's a really, that's kind of a good place to, uh, to end on. <laughs> there we go. Given our conditions. Given We're dying here. What is going on? Given our conditions. Today. We have an internet virus. I know. We have malware on us. <laughs> I'm suffering from malware. You're suffering from um, old school wear. Old but, school viruses. Oh my God. I can barely talk now. Yeah. You, you can hear me wheeze a little. Watch this. Watch this. Wait, hold on. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Gotta be careful with that. Yeah. I think it's because I have like the fan on instead of the AC. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is right now. That could but, be throwing it off potentially. Yeah. I feel like the end scene at the Muppet movie. Do you remember watching the Muppet movie when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember the end scene? <laughs> Where they're just about to meet Lou Lord, and Gonzo has this really excellent idea. It seems like he's the receptionist lady's allergic to chickens, to chicken feathers. Mm-hmm. So he puts Camilla and all the other um, birds in front of a fan, and they start blowing chicken feathers, and she starts sneezing. That's me right now. I'm dying. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there. Well, on that note, it was Cloris have- Leachman, by the way. Sorry, she's, <sighs> a, she's a fucking genius. Yeah. So, yes. On that note, Carol, feel better. You too, Dave. We need to recuperate. (laughs) We definitely do. And uh, looking forward to having, uh, to watching the show on Sunday. From all of us to all of you, (laughs) have a lovely extended Labor Day weekend. Enjoy. Don't die, Carol. Don't die. I miss you. (laughs) I warn you. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.